Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to The Leadership File, your weekly show inspiring you to lead for Christ wherever you are. I'm Andy Peck, your host, thanking you for joining us. And whether you're listening live or one of the many thousands who listen via the podcast, it's great to have you along. If you're new to the show, a reminder that the show is available on demand via premierradio.com or via iTunes or Podbean. My aim with the shows is to provide knowledge, skills and attitudes for a Christian to lead so that God's work is advanced. So do continue to join us and God helping us will flourish in his ways. So to this week, if the leadership file was organised around the topics that Jesus spoke of in parables, 40% of the shows would be about money. Someone has calculated that one in ten of the verses in the Gospels mention money in some way. But although money is often a subject for church leadership and charity trustees meetings, it's not typically spoken of in the local church. Some helpfully run CAP centres to assist those in need, but most Christians can go a very long time before they receive any advice from the Bible on how they handle their bank balance. Well, This week I am joined by Penny Clark. She's the business manager of King's Church Bolton. Uh, she's also a senior lecturer at Manchester Business School and King's Church is holding a stewardship conference on November 9th, more of which later. So welcome, Penny, to the Leadership File. Hi, great to be with you. So how did you become interested in stewardship? Um, well, my background, for those who are listening, is that um, I trained and qualified as a chartered accountant. Don't switch off straight away. Um, <laughs> many years ago, 25 years ago, but I did know when I was five I was going to be an accountant. So I was always... Really? People would really, yeah. Honestly, wow. my dad was an accountant, and we'd have those kind of conversations around the dinner table. So at the age of five, that's what I was going to do. Well, good for you. Yeah, to be honest, I never really deviated from it. Um, I had the odd wobble here and there, but no, I knew that's what I was going to do. Um, didn't really give God an awful lot of thought in terms of money. Had sort of fairly traditional teaching in terms of a tithe is your tenth. We'll perhaps talk about that later on. Um, you know, and, and that we ought to be generous. But that was pretty much it. Any teaching we did have was fairly legalistic um, in terms of what you should and shouldn't do rather than, you know, the privilege it is to be generous, um, etc. But I, I think certainly in church, when you, you um, turn up with a label or a badge that says you're an accountant, people just automatically assume you're good with money. Um, so you end up with a sort of treasurer role pretty quickly or some involvement with, um, you know, in terms of finance. But a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago, um, we had a visit from Jeff Letts. Um, you know Jeff, don't you? Yes, I do, yes. Yeah, so we had a visit from Jeff Letts. He came to speak um, at one of our evening services and all of a sudden my ears pricked up. This was... Um, it was new teaching, but it wasn't new because it had been in the Bible all along, but it was the first time I'd ever heard the concept of stewardship um, being in terms of whole life and being in terms of um, our relationship with God um, and the inability to be a good steward actually getting in the way of our relationship with God. So I, I went on a bit of a journey of exploration, if you like. Um, I think, again, my background has been um, from accountancy and practice through a bit of a teaching route, clients and staff training in the workplace, and then um, I taught some of the professional accountancy exams um, and then ended up teaching at Manchester University. Um, so had a, a big passion for teaching and helping people to understand. Um, so when you put the two of those together, it kind of came a little bit of a powerful combination. 
Um, in terms of my interest in stewardship, I would say it was truly ignited um, at a Christian Stewardship Network Forum um, in Holy Trinity, Brompton, um, probably about two and a half, nearly three years ago. And I just really had one of those moments with God where I thought, ah, now I get it. That's wonderful, isn't it? Just to have yeah, that sense. Yeah, it is. It's a, a true revelation of, uh, you know, and an example of God's Word being living and active. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because anything I would say about stewardship, about money, about biblical teaching on finance comes straight from Scripture. And again, if ever I'm teaching a course, I would always challenge people, go back and get your Bible out. This is not me saying this. This is not my opinion. This is what God says. And go and ask him um, to reveal that to you because... That, that's far more powerful than a human being saying something. Yeah. Well, I hinted in my introduction, uh, Penny, that it's a, a subject that's often avoided in church. Why, why do you think it is? Mm. Um, I think stewardship is avoided in churches on the basis of it's a very old-fashioned word. Um, so it, it's one of those that people don't really understand, but also because it's usually associated with money. And money in the UK is a very private matter. Um unless you don't have any, in which case it then becomes a very public matter. <laughs> yes, um, But, you know, it, it, I think stewardship or the, the idea of a stewardship Sunday or it's time for the stewardship talk often conjures up um, ideas of the pastor or the preacher standing at the front begging for money um, or we need money for the new roof or we need money for this cause or we need very much around a need for money rather than stewardship from a biblical perspective, which is about what a privilege we have to manage that money that God has entrusted to us. Right. So you, you run a, a financial freedom course at your church and you have a, a stewardship conference coming up, more mm. of which later, but what are the kind of areas that churches are wise to tackle when it comes to, to stewardship? Um, I follow the teaching of Robert Morris. I don't know if some of you have come across this um, or some of your listeners have come across Robert Morris. Um, he wrote a book called The Blessed Life a lot, a lot of years ago, and it, you know, it really has um, had an impact worldwide. Um, but amazingly, I was um, over in Dallas earlier this year, and one of the things he was speaking about was um, people talk about and love the concept of generosity, but he kind of made the assumption that people were good stewards. So I would, and then it suddenly hit him when people were saying to him, this generosity thing is great, but I'm still in a mess with my finances. But actually, we need to tackle the underlying root of, are we owners or are we managers? So stewardship, by definition, is about being the manager of somebody else's property. Um, so right from the beginning of time, Adam and Eve were put in the garden. They weren't given everything in the world. They were put there to work it and to be fruitful. Um, so that's the first example right in the beginning at Genesis. In Genesis chapter 1, indeed, you know, God says, go into the world and be fruitful and manage the ground and the earth that I've given to you. Um, you know, so it was for their benefit, but they were managers. Um, so I think the fundamental principle that churches probably need to um, consider and one that we, we take really seriously is this idea that it doesn't belong to us in the first place. Um, I taught stewardship last Thursday night um, as one of the, on the financial freedom course, we start first with the fact that this is a matter of the heart and that when we get our priorities right with God um, and our, our dealing with money, I think you mentioned earlier, we can't, well, when we were speaking, you can't serve both God and mammon. 
um, and that again is taking one scripture, but you know the Bible is really clear that, and Jesus said it, didn't he? That there was a possibility that we might worship money as an equivalent or an alternative to God. So that's one of the places in scripture where Jesus is is putting us on our guard, is warning us that this is actually really serious, um, and that we could be in a position where we're worshiping money and finance more than we're actually worshiping God. If you um, look at the parable of the sower, um, there's some, you know, the third seed that landed grew up, so it, it was fruitful, but it actually was choked by thorns. And then Jesus goes on to explain that and says that those thorns are the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth. So the have and the have not in terms of money. And that that chokes the plant, making it unfruitful. Well, if those things can choke our spiritual walk, we need to really tackle either the having money and possessions and the not having, because they can get in the way of our spiritual relationship with God. Um, so in answer to the question, what, what, what do you think we could be focusing on? What do we certainly focus on? First of all, is it a matter of your heart, where your heart sits? I mean, again, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart is. Um, if you were to, I don't know, let's say you were to invest in some stocks and shares, um, you'd start following the financial times and see the progress of those because that's where your money was. Chances are, if you didn't have your money invested there, you certainly wouldn't have been looking at the share prices of, of those particular stocks and shares. Um, so things for churches to look at and things that we concentrate on is the, the concept of this is a heart issue. This is spiritual. This is not just a practical matter of what you do with your money. First of all, we have to get our hearts right with God. And then secondly, what does stewardship mean? That's about your mind. Um, stewardship is about changing our complete understanding that we don't even own the money that we earn. It says in Deuteronomy that um, it's the Lord who provided you with the ability to generate wealth. He could take that off you any day. He provides me with the breath that I have that enables me to breathe, enables me to go to work. Therefore, he provides me with the ability to generate wealth. So it's not that I've done it. It's not that I own it. Stewardship is the concept that it's, it's all his. Right. So you're really challenging the, some of the mindsets of, of people who um, you know, quite, you know, just, just imbibe what the world is saying in, in terms of our, mm. our, our, ta- you know, our talents. We get paid for it. It's our money. And then we might give a little bit to God. Well, actually, you're saying it's all of God's. Uh, the fact that we earn it at all, uh, the fact that we have the energy and the strength and the intellect is, is all is, is given by God. And therefore, uh, it's a different mindset for the whole area of money. Yeah, I think a good challenge or a good question, one I raised with my group last Thursday, was actually rather than... Because we often say, you know, yes, we, 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 you know, we ask God, what does he want us to do? You know, we, we ask for his guidance on many, many areas of our life, but often not so much in the areas of money. We might, if we're making a big purchase, is this the right house? But we're not necessarily saying, should I be spending money on that house? Not that there's anything wrong with buying a house. Let me just retract that one. Sure. Um, but the, the question really to be asking is not how much should I give, but God, it's all yours. How much do you want me to keep? Right, indeed. Well, you're listening to The Leadership Farm with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Penny Clark. Uh, Penny is the business manager of King's Church, Bolton, uh, and they're holding a, a stewardship conference on November 9th. We'll be back just after this. 
Welcome back to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Penny Clark, the business manager of King's Church uh, Bolton. We're talking about uh, stewardship, which is uh, the subject of a conference that's coming up at the, her church on November 9th. And really just um, unpacking a little bit about the, the background to our understanding of money and that sometimes we get nervous about it because we, we're kind of thinking it's about raising it or um, uh, particularly from church leadership point of view, uh, there's a particular need that, that, that needs to be filled. But actually, it's assisting people in understanding better all that God has given them, including their time and their talents, and uh, utilising that in, a, in an appropriate way. So uh, Penny was just talking about that before the break. So um, Penny, moving on to, to what's known as fundraising, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which has become more common in recent decades. I, I certainly remember, certainly as I grew up in the church, essentially... Um, if you, if you had money, that was great, and if the Lord provided, then you might do a bit more with it. Um, now it seems as if you know churches say, "Well, we we want to do X, Y, and Z, therefore we need to fundraise." And obviously, charities classically are doing that kind of thing, um, yes. and uh, obviously, Premier Radio that um, has targeted appeals and uh, in order to raise mon- money. So, any thoughts on the rights and wrongs of this approach? Yeah, I put a bit of thought into that when you um, sent me that question in mm. advance. Um, I think, as I said earlier on before the break, um, a lot of the time people think that stewardship is about fundraising. Um, I would absolutely argue against that one. Um, when we're talking about giving, so let, let's just move slightly away from stewardship and whole life stewardship to giving, so the financial piece here, because um, that's probably where most it. Um, targets most people um, the most, I guess. Two uses of the word most, sorry about that. That's okay. um, so I think that the old-fashioned way was stand up, we've got a leaky roof, or we want to do this project, or we want to do a mission trip, let's raise some money. And do you know what? God actually puts that vision into our hearts, and there is always enough money to fund God's vision. The question is, are we being wise with what we've been given and the resources which are at our disposal? So Let me just make it really clear. God does not need our money. So God says in um, Psalm 50, I've actually got it open here. uh, Listen, my people, I have no need of a bull from your stall or of goats from your pens. Every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. I'll just skip a verse. If I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you for the world is mine and all that is in it. Makes me chuckle because God's saying, you know, even if I was hungry, I don't have to ask you. (laughs) <laughs> before I eat something, because it's mine anyway. Yeah. Um, so if we truly believe that everything belongs to God, then the sort of um, the ongoing um, thought process from that is that he actually doesn't need our money. So in terms of fundraising, it's human beings that feel like we need money. God will achieve what God is going to achieve with or without us. We just get the privilege of serving him and being part of that. Um, I think that when we we give people a cause to donate to, because I, I don't know if you've noticed, but a lot, you know, there are a lot of very generous people around, and they really want to serve and give to causes because that meets a human need. I'm being useful. Yes. I'm giving to a need, you know, and that there's nothing wrong with that. But we have the danger of excluding God from that. We have the danger of making that a simply a financial transaction. Um, if, however, our heart, so it goes back to this being a heart issue, if our heart for giving is about our act of worship towards God 
and that we believe... Somebody asked me a question yesterday. They were coming into some money and they said, just just explain to me, Penny, can, can I give this money to church and specify that it be spent on something in particular? Because I really have on my heart that we need a new children's building, etc., etc. The answer is, it depends. You know, if we're... It depends on your heart. You could, for example, you could donate that money to church and say, this is where I know there's a need, but actually I'm not giving it to you. I'm giving it to God as an act of worship. And then it becomes a spiritual transaction because what you're saying is, I am directing this towards God. God then has the responsibility of speaking to the treasurer, the stewards of those resources and as long as they're listening and being obedient, he will direct them where that money will be spent. So your question was, what, what do you think about, essentially, what do you think about giving to causes? There's nothing wrong with having a specific cause. There's nothing wrong with targeted giving. As long as we are aware in our own minds that this is a heart issue. Right. And that we're actually giving to God first and foremost, and that it might be, to meet a specific need it might be for a particular cause i give as you probably do to several individual causes there's nothing wrong with that but my giving is actually to god and my prayer is that the people who are managing that money and stewarding it are doing it in accordance to their wisdom and discernment and they're seeking him for direction that's that's really helpful penny thank you splendid um you, you hinted in your uh, talking about uh, your your growing up and um, understanding of things the, the word tithing, and yeah. um, uh, certainly Christians have differing views. Uh, you know, I've I've, mm. I've met people adamant that tithing really should should be part and parcel of of our Christian walk, and others who who are really as as adamant about it not being. What sort of things do you talk about when you're doing a course on this? Yeah, so tithing is one. It's a really hotly contested topic, isn't it? Um, I love it when people say about, I talk about my tithes, but I changed it this month. And you know that they're on a fixed <laughs> salary. Tithe in the, um, in the Old Testament, um, and this again is a challenge that you know, we face often when talking about tithing. Tithing's a big deal. Tithing's a really big deal because tithing is essentially a test. The word tithe means test. Tithing is not just, um, just to, to be really clear, a lot of people say, well, that's Old Testament and it didn't happen in the New Testament, therefore it doesn't matter. Well, the law of do not murder was Old Testament. And we have grace in the New Testament, but it doesn't mean you go about and murder in the New Testament sure. just because it almost, well, not even almost, the, the level of expectation of behavior is significantly higher when it comes to the New Testament than the Old Testament. So, again, people will argue that tithing is just from God to Moses or it's a Levitical um, you know, rule that we need to follow. Actually, it predates any of the law that was set out in the Old Testament. Also, when you see tithing referred to, I think it's probably only referred to once in the New Testament, um, Jesus is saying it's, it's an automatic thing that is done. So it wasn't that he needed to teach on it because people already did it. It was a way of life. Right. So the tithe all the way through from um, right from the beginning of time, if we look back at Cain and Abel, for example, it, it, it was one of those things I, I knew but I didn't really think about. Cain and Abel, why, why was God displeased with one of the offerings and not the other? Um, and what actually happened was that Abel brought the first fruits of um, his flock. 
So he brought the fatted portions, he brought the first, he brought the best and gave it to God as a, an act of worship. Whereas Cain, over the course of time, at some time later, brought some of his fruit and veg. So it, it's more about the tithe being the first part that you give back to God. So all the way through the Bible, um, again, a tithe is actually something that you return to God. Malachi is a very, um, Malachi 3, a very well-quoted scripture on tithing. Um, and actually really pivotal. Um, it's the time where God talks about us being able to test him in respect of the tithe. So suddenly there's a switch from the tithe being a test, our test of what we do with what we've been given, to God saying we can test him. And he says, if you're a, so if we don't give God back his tithe, the, so originally if we're talking about the law, we were talking about 10% um, as a guideline. Um, when Jesus gets to the New Testament, we're talking about the question, as we said earlier, God, how much do you want me to keep? It's all yours anyway. Right. So tithing shouldn't really be an issue because it's all God's anyway. Um, but it is something that people find very hard, very difficult, the question of, how can I possibly live on 90%? But there's a spiritual thing that happens when we tithe. So again, if you search scripture on this, God says, when you're obedient to me, and when you return to me what is already mine, so the original principle of the tithe was for the upkeep of the temple, wasn't it? And the, the feeding of the Levitical priests. Sure, sure. So when you return that to me, see, it says in Malachi 3, see if I won't open the floodgates of heaven and pour down so much blessing you won't even know where to put it. Right, right. That paraphrase clearly, not word for word. No, sure. Um, mm. So God says we will be blessed. Now, that's not a reason to test God and say, if I tithe, will you bless me? But he actually said he will. So it's a spiritual transaction. When we give God back what is rightfully his, whether you take it at 10% or you increase over time to maybe more than that, God says, I'll bless the remainder. I would much rather live on a blessed 90% and having given God the first 10, than actually trying to keep 100% myself and decide what I want to do with it. Okay. So tithing, yeah, it is. It's a difficult topic. It's a difficult topic because it feels like a big amount of money. Um, but I know many people who have changed their way of returning that tithe to God, which is not giving. It's a return of what's already his. Um, and their lives have been financially blessed um, as a result of that that's what God says will happen. Well, looking more specifically, um, Penny, at the conference you have coming up, what, yeah. what, what are you going to be looking at? Um, so it's a um, it's a, an impact workshop that CSN, the Christian Stewardship Network, run. They run it successfully throughout the world. It's happening at the moment in, um, or in the next couple of weeks in Australia. Um, but we have Chris Goulard from Saddleback Church. So he works alongside Rick Warren. Um, he was a steward, stewardship pastor for a number of years. Um, he's coming to... Um, to do a whole day with us, working through what Scripture says about stewardship. Um, we have topics in there. Why, so we'll be looking at what makes people think that it's theirs in the first place, uh, what are the challenges facing leadership when it comes to teaching and preaching on stewardship, how do we link Old Testament and New Testament. So a lot of looking through, you know, you've heard it said in the Old Testament, but this is what the New Testament says. Um, so very much looking at, in more detail, that concept of the tithe. I probably haven't done it enough justice there. Um, we'll be looking at what generosity looks like, how to build a stewardship ministry, um, but more importantly, how this actually helps in discipling our people. Um, this is a discipleship matter because this is about the heart. This is about 
um, giving people the tools um, from Scripture. Again, these are not human tools. These are divinely inspired tools. How we can get our relationship right with God and everything else will flow um, from that. Fabulous. Well, it sounds like anyone, any Christian in leadership, but particularly those in mm. church leadership might be uh, helpful to come along and, and learn more, maybe uh, take some of the material back to their own local churches. Absolutely, yeah. Good. Well, well, time has defeated us, Penny, but it's been fascinating to chat with you. And thank you for so clearly and helpfully um, exploring this whole area of stewardship. And I'm sure uh, many listening who've perhaps not thought of money in the way that you've described it are going to be blessed and helped as they go back to Scripture and, and rethink maybe how they uh, utilise not just their money, but also the time and talents that God's given them. Brilliant. So you've been, to be with you. Thank you. Well, thank you. And you've been listening to Leadership File with me, Andy Penny-Clark, the business manager of King's Church. Uh, Bolton was my guest. Uh, how, how, how can people uh, get in touch with King's Church Bolton? Just type it into the um, in Google, I guess. And, uh, yeah, so our website is www.kingschurchlife.com. Um, if you need more information, you could just email bolton at King's Church Life, um, or you can Google King's Church. And you'll find any of, uh, and you know, you can get in touch with us in any of those three ways. Wonderful, Penny. Well, thank you so much. Uh, so this is Andy Peck. Thank you for joining us. Check out the podcast online at Premier Radio, iTunes or Podbean. Uh, may God help you as you seek to lead in his name. As we close the words of the Apostle Paul to the Corinthian church, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Bye for now. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk.